فاشرف بي لاشتغالي بالعلم ولا تبغي به ما عشت يدا بدلا ويا له من شرف عظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين له الحمد الحسن والثناء الجميل وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له يقول الحق وهو يهدي السبيل وأشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه والتابعين لهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين ما بعد وإن شرح ذا كتاب نواقض الإسلام لتنبع الشيخ الإسلام محمد ابن عبد الوهاب رحمه الله تعالى وإن دفاس ناقض دفاس نلفايا Now, inshallah ta'ala, we're going to move on to the seventh point that's missing from us. Al-Mas'alatu al-Sabi'ah. The seventh point on the first naqid, the first nalafaya, which is, as shirk occurs, and we established shirk occurs in belief, and it also occurs on the limbs, it can also occur on a person's utterance and statements. Shirk can happen from statements a person says. And an example for that is number one, if a person swears by other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is shirk. But it's what? Shirk asghar. It's a minor shirk. As long as the person does not venerate or glorify the person in which they are swearing by the way that they venerate and honor Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or even greater. As long as they don't do that, then it won't be shirk akbar. But it will be shirk asbar, either way. So if the person honors the person which they are swearing by, they're honoring them, venerating them, like they honor Allah and they venerate Allah, it becomes shirk akbar. Or if they honor them greater than Allah, and they believe and they venerate this individual over Allah, then this becomes, then this becomes uh, shirk akbar. But if the person doesn't do it for that, then it remains shirk asghar. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said in the hadith, Abdullah ibn Umar narrated, Tirmidhi brought it in his sunan, Al-Bani rahimahullah, he authenticated it in his kitab, Al-Irwa'i al-Gharib, hadith 2561, <coughs> that the Prophet said, Man halafa bighayrillahi faqad ashraq. Anyone who swears by other than Allah, he has what? He has come with what? Shirk. So anyone who swears by other than Allah. So if you say, I swear down. I swear down means I swear those in the grave. Then this is shirk. The person has come with. If the person says, I swear by my mom. It's also shirk. I swear by my mom's life. Shirk. So if it's done with the intention of venerating this individual, if you're trying to venerate this person, you're trying to glorify them above Allah, then of course it's shirk akbar. Equal to Allah is also shirk akbar. وَلِذَلِكَ Sulaiman ibn Abdullah rahimahullah, he said in his kitab al-Taysir, which is a sharh of kitab al-Tawheed, when he was mentioning the hadith of um, hadith of Tufayl Ibn Sakhbarah He mentions some benefits which is وَإِنَّكُمْ قُلْتُمْ كَلِمَةً كَانَ يَمْنَعُنِي كَذَا وَكَذَا أَنْهَاكُمْ عَنْ أَنْهَاكُمْ عَنْهَا 
Naam. So Sheikh Sulaiman Rahimullah he mentions that these this statement. So he says from the story of Tufail ibn Sakhbarah. The story I didn't write the hadith by the wording. I'm miswriting it. He mentions that and the hadith asal is in Ahmad's Musnad and Tabarani's Mu'jamah. I never wrote it. That he takes from this the impermissibility of a person swearing by what Allah Subhanahu wa Taala said and saying statements that would what would entail that. Number two, another example for something that a person should not say, which falls under shirk of utterance, is "MashaAllahu wa Shaitan." If Allah wills, and you will, O Muhammad. Sometimes we say, oh, I was depending on you, I was fully depending on you. Another problem. Okay? If it wasn't for you, brother, this would have all messed up. These statements, they are dangerous. Qutaybah, radiyallahu ta'ala anha, she said, Anna Yahudiyan atan nabiyu. Anna Yahudiyan atan nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. A Jew man came to the Prophet and he said to the Prophet, Innakum tushrikuna, you guys, you Muslims, associate partner with Allah, the Jew man said, Taquluna, you guys say, MashaAllahu wa shita. If Allah wills, and then Muhammad wills. You connect Allah's will with Muhammad's will. Wataquluna, and you Muslims say, Wal Ka'ba. And the Prophet commanded the believers that if they want to swear, they have to say, وَرَبُّ الْكَعْبَةِ And if they want to say, they have to say, مَا شَاءَ اللَّهُ ثُمَّ شَاءَ مُحَمَّدٍ If Allah wills, and then if after that, Muhammad wills. Shaykh Al-Albani authenticated that in his Silsila Hadith Al-Sahihah and Shaykh Al-Muqbil Ibn Hadi Al-Wadi'i in his Sahih Al-Musnad. A man came to the Prophet ﷺ one time and he said to him, عليه الصلاة والسلام أن رجلا جاء إلى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فقال ما شاء الله أما كيم تذكر فني سأتهم if only if Allah wills and you will فقال له النبي the prophet said to him أجعلتني أجعلتني did you make me لله ندا did you make me equal to Allah قل say ما شاء الله وحده say if only Allah wills شيخ ناصر authenticated that in his Sahih Hadith Sahih and both of the narrations I mentioned, the one this one and the one before it, they are both found in Sunan Nasa'i. So what a person needs to know is that a statement that you say, that you utter, can be what? Shirk. Just like an action that you do can be what? Shirk Akbar. That swearing by Allah or saying if Allah wills and Muhammad wills, can its asal is that it's shirk asghar. And if a person comes with some particular matters, what is it? It turns to be what? It turns out to be Shirk Akbar. For example, if they believe that this thing and Allah are equal, then it becomes Kufra and Shirk Akbar. If they believe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is lower and this is higher, then of course it's Shirk Akbar. The eighth point is Adam al Khawfi min al-Shirki. Not being scared of Shirk is an evidence of weak Tawheed. If a person does not fear, if a person does not fear shirk, it shows and it's an indication of weak tawheed. Nabiullah Ibrahim, Khalilullah Ibrahim, he called on to his Lord, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Ibrahim, what did he ask Allah to prevent him from? Huh? 
What is it that Ibrahim asked Allah to prevent him from, or protect him from? Yeah? Ha! Don't just say shirk. The most obvious type of shirk. The most obvious type of shirk. The shirk that Ibrahim knew as a child when he was young. He destroyed idols. He knows how to destroy. He destroyed idols as a young kid. He knows shirk. But even then, what did he say? وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ When Ibrahim said, رَبِّ جَعَلْ هَذَا الْبَلَدَ آمِنًا Oh Allah, make this land safe. Protect it and make it safe. آمِنًا وَجْنُبْنِي Divert me. وَبَنِيَ أَنْ نَعْبُدَ الْأَصْنَامِ Divert me and my children, my offspring, from worshipping idols. So Nabi Allah Ibrahim was what? Was scared of the most famous, the most common type of what? Shirk. He was worried about it. So if a person says, why are you guys talking about Tawheed? Isn't, some, isn't Tawheed something we know? We're not worried about shirk. Then we say, now we even know more that you need to study Tawheed. Sah? We, we need to study At-Tawheed. وَلِذَلِكَ the Prophet ﷺ said to his companions, أَخْوَفُ مَا أَخَافُ عَلَيْكُمْ What I fear the most for you is what? الشرك الأصر the Prophet said, what I fear the most for you is the minor shirk. I fear that one the most for you. <clears throat> so, the author here goes, we're still in the first naqid, he said, From amongst it is what? From amongst it is what? Is from, is from the types that we mentioned. That will take you out of the fold of Islam. If Shirk Akbar is giving a practical example for it now, the author, Muhammad Abdullah. From the Shirk Akbar is what? And the first naqid, from the first nalafaya is Adabhul That's an example for you to know. The ninth point that we take from that statement is Slaughtering for other than Allah is a ibadah. And what you need to know is ibadah is something you get closer to what? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If a person goes and he slaughters for somebody other than Allah, he slaughters for them, then this becomes what? Shirk Akbar. And it will take away from the person, it will take away from them the person, the tawheed, the asl iman which that the person has. What's the evidence for that? That slaughtering is, is a ibadah. Where's the evidence? Allah says in the Quran, Pray to your Lord one harm and slaughter. Surah Al-Kawthar, right? Ayah 2. Fasalli, pray to your Lord and what? And slaughter. So, two things show us that the slaughter is a ibadah. Number one is the fact that Allah connected it next, He connected it to prayer. Fasalli, pray to your Lord, one har and also slaughter. They're both connected because they both are ibadah. Second is that both of them are commanded. Allah doesn't command what's not ibadah. Sah? Allah commanded it, one har slaughter. He said what? One har. And we know the term and anything Allah commands is something he is what? He loves and he is he's pleased with. And what's the definition of ibadah? Ismun jami'un li kulli ma yuhibbuhu Allah wa yardah min al-aqwal wal-a'mali al-zahirati wal-baatina. 
It's a general term which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's a general term, and it's anything which Allah loves, is pleased with. It's anything Allah loves and is what? It's anything Allah loves and He is, he is pleased with, whether it's external or internal. So how do we know Allah loves it? Because He, he commanded it. He commanded it, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, he said in his Majmu'u al-Fatawa, the 16th volume, page 531, he says, Amar Allah Ta'ala, Allah commanded, an yajma'a bayna hatayn al-ibadatayn al-azimatayn, that, that they bring together these two great ibadahs, salah and, wa huma as-salat wa nusuk the slaughtering and the prayer, ad-dallatani ala al-qurbi wa al-tawadu, because they both indicate getting closer to Allah, and humiliation and humbleness to him. That's what it shows. Point number 10 that we take from this is that anything that has been established it's a ibadah and ma thabata kawnu ibadatan lillahi wahda anything that has been established that it's a ibadah for Allah it is not permissible for you to divert it for anybody other than him. Once it's been established that this is an ibadah now, and it falls under the definition of ibadah, then it is not permissible for you to divert it to anybody other than Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you do, then you fall into major shirk. So we proved that dhabah, slaughtering is a what? It's min al-ibadat, it's from the ibadat. And la yutaqarrabu biha illa illallah azza wa jalla. You can't get closer to it, except to Allah Taala. So anybody who slaughters for a jinn, getting wanting to get close to that jinn, okay, or he diverts it for, for anyone other than that, this is what shirk. He does it for the dead, it's shirk. He does it for the awliya, it's shirk. He fell into what? He fell into shirk akbar. We're now going to move on to after those ten nawaqid that we mentioned. We're going to now move on to al-naqid al-thani, the second naqid, the second nullifier, the second thing that nullifies a person's belief and takes away from them the asli iman, the foundation of your iman. You are no longer a believer anymore. And this is man ja'ala Allahi wa It is anybody who places between him and Allah a intermediary. He calls on to the intermediaries. And he asks them, intercession. They are kuffar by consent. There's no dispute in this regard. Now, some may think that this naqid, this, this, this nullifier is a repetition. That this nullifier is a what? It's a repetition of the what? The first, the first naqid. And the reality is It's not a repetition of the first one. It is not a repetition of the first. The first one was general. Okay? The first one was what? It was very general. This one on the other hand is more specific. And this is what the scholars they call Atful Khasi Al-Ami. Is when you connect a specific to a what? A general. 
And the author, the reason why he did this is to clarify the danger of this and how much it occurs within the people when they really don't realize what's happening. Are we all together? This is something that occurs from so many people, but they really don't think that it falls under the first one. Or they think that what they are doing is not shirk akbar. So the shirk is bringing it as an independent nullifier. Why? Majority of the people, they fall into this a lot. When they really don't feel that what they are doing is what? What they are doing is a nullifier that's taken away from them. They, they are absolute iman. And that point is what Sheikh Salah al-Fawzan said. When he was explaining the work of the Islam, that's what he said. Number one. Number one, point number one is that al-ijma' there's a consent anyone who does this action there's an ijma' there's a consent many ulama have transmitted the consent Shaykh al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah he brought a consent in his kitab al-wasita bayna al-haqi wal-batil sorry al-wasita بين الحق والخلق الواسطة بين الحق والخلق page 116 to 121 شيخ الإسلام ابن تيمية he brings that this matter is a consent okay also if you look at the kitab كشف القناع sixth volume page 168 if you go to the kitab الصوائق المرسلة Al-Sawa'iq Al-Mursala by Sulaiman ibn Sahman. You find page 154. He also brings a consent. bring consensus in the books. What does the word wasa'it mean? What does wasa'it mean? Wasa'it is jam'u wasita. It's a plural of the word wasita. What does a wasita mean? It is the means for reaching a goal that you want to reach. It's, in English, it's an intermediary. The word wasita, the word wasita, the plural is wasaita, is basically the intermediary in the middle. And the intent here that the author brought it is. Anyone who establishes and places between himself and the creation, between himself, sorry, and Allah, a thing to get to Allah. So he says, I can't get to Allah directly. No, no. I need that means to get to him. I need that intermediary that gets me to Allah. Anyone who does that, just like the leader and the king has a hujab, hujab are those who are around the king. If you want to get to the king, you can't get to him unless you go through them. Okay, you have to go through them. Once they, they'll take the matter to the leader. Anyone who does that for Allah and says that Allah is like the creation like that, that you can't go to him straight away directly, then you've fallen into major shirk. That's what the shirk is talking about. And Allah told us in the Quran, that this is exactly what the disbelievers of Quraysh were doing. Allah said in the Quran, وَيَعْبُدُونَ They worship مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ besides Allah 
that which does not harm them. And it doesn't benefit them. And they say, And they say, These are our intermediaries, our intercessors to Allah Taala. These things that we're worshipping or we're calling onto are what? They are our shufa'a intercessors for us. They intercede on our behalf. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he refuted and responded to that false belief of theirs and that the matter really isn't as they claim. So he said to them, Are you guys telling Allah? Are you guys going to inform Allah? That which is not known in the samawat and the ard. Subhanahu wa ta'ala amma yushrikun. Allah also says in another ayah, وَالَّذِينَ اتَّخَذُوا مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ أَوْلِيَاءَ مَا نَعْبُدُهُمْ إِلَّا لِيُقَرِّبُونَ إِلَى اللَّهِ زُلْفَا إِنَّ اللَّهِ يَحْكُمُ بَيْنَهُمْ فِي مَا هُمْ فِيهِ يَخْتَلِفُونَ Allah tells us in this ayah, وَالَّذِينَ اتَّخَذُوا مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ أَوْلِيَاءَ Those who have taken besides Allah intermediaries. This is what they said. مَا نَعْبُدُهُمْ We do not worship these things that we're worshipping. These intermediaries, these shuyukhs, these ulama, these pirsabs. Huh? We don't worship them. The only reason why we do it is so that they can get us closer to what? They can get us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah then says in the Quran, Inna Allah yahkum wa Allah will judge them. Baynahum between them. Fima hum fihi yakhtalifuna. That which they disputed in. Inna Allah la yahdi. Allah does not guide. Man huwa kadibun, a person who is a liar, kafar, who's a disbeliever. So Allah referred to them as a what? Disbelievers. So if those people claim that they are Muslims and they say we are Muslims, it still doesn't stop them from being what? It's from being liars and from being disbelievers. They are liars and they are what? Disbelievers. Look at the kitab Al Wasita Bain al Haqti wal Khalqi by Shaykh al Islam ibn Taymiyyah. Point number three. Point number. Point number three. Two was the definition, yeah. The first one was the consensus that the person does this. Point number three. The first point was the consensus of the person who does this action is a disbeliever. The second point was the definition, right? The third one now, inshallah ta'ala, is the types of wasa'it. The types of wasa'it there are. The wasa'it is categorized, taqasimul wasa'it ila qismain. It's categorized into how many types? Into two types. The first one is, al-qismul awwal is a wasa'it which is shari'ya, legislated intermediaries, legislated wasa'it. Are we all together? The first one is actually sanctioned, it's legislated, it's permitted. Okay? And that is those who are between Allah and the creation. They are between Allah and the what? And the creation. In what lacking? They are between Allah and the creation by conveying the message to the people. There's no way that the creation could know this message except through these messengers and prophets. Sah? 
These prophets are what tell us Allah, what Allah loves. These messengers are what tell us what Allah hates. There's no other way that we could know, right? Is there? No, there's no other way we could know. The only way that we could know what Allah loves and what He's pleased with subhanahu wa ta'ala is through what? The prophets and the messengers. That's what we say to the people who pray in a particular way. Who sanctioned this prayer? Where? Because you didn't meet Allah. So you have to go through the Prophet in order to tell us what Allah loves. That's an intermediary. That wasa'it is sanctioned. Are we all together? So you say to me, the Prophet said you can pray like this. Where did he say it? Good. Does that make sense? These are the first type, which is a sanctioned type. Allah says in the Quran, they are messengers who are giving what? Warning. They're also giving glad tidings. So there is not for the people. That the messengers don't have no proof anymore. They don't have no proof. No one can come and say, Oh, the message wasn't brought to me. I didn't know what Allah loved and I didn't know what Allah hated. I didn't know what Allah wanted for me and I didn't know what Allah didn't want for me. I knew none of that. We'll say, Okay, Jameel. Did prophets come? Ah. Did these prophets convey their message? Yes. Then they were the intermediaries between Allah and the creation. For, to, for the people to know what Allah wants and what Allah doesn't want. Allah says in another, that ayah that I just mentioned is 165. In Surah An-Nisa. Ayah 165, Surah An-Nisa. And then Allah says in another, in another ayah, in Surah Al-An'am, ayah 48 to 49, Allah says, We do not send messengers. Except that they give glad tidings and they give what? They warn. Anyone who believes in them. And he perfects his situation. Then there's nothing for him to be scared of. And there's nothing for you to be... When the Quran uses... Together, it means خوف of what awaits you on the other side, the hereafter. And الحزن means here, it means the hereafter that you just left. Because you remember, you, you're worried about your children and your family and what you've left behind. Here means what? So there's nothing to be scared of when you meet the angels and you see their faces and this new different creation that you're meeting. You're going to go to a different dimension, a different world. Don't be scared. You've done good. What did you do? You believed in the messengers. And you perfected your situation. You changed. You follow what the messengers came with. Then there's nothing for you to be scared of and there's nothing for you to what? To be saddened about for leaving your family members behind and those you've left behind. Those who disbelieved in our verses, the punishment of the hellfire will touch them. Because of their transgression and their wrongdoing. So this one is permissible. This one is called what? Which is? Shari'ah, it's legislated. Pay attention, sisters and brothers. Question. Do the Ahlul Bid'ah today, do they take this type of wasait? Huh? Do they take this one? I'm asking you guys a question. No. 
They celebrate a birthday of the Prophet. They have no... In who told you this? Sah? So they leave off the intermediary that's legislated. Sah? And they come with the second type of intermediary, which is what? The prohibited one, the shirki one. And that is placing between Allah and the creation somebody so placing between Allah and, in the, uh, and, the, uh, and the placing between the creation and the creator somebody who brings about good and he repels evil from you he's the one who brings you food he's the one who gives you victory he's the one who guides you this is a wasaid which is shirkiya. It's a shirki type. You can find more of this in the book of Sheikh Al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah. Al-Wasitati bayna al-Haqqi wal-Khalqi. And also in his, if you go to his wasata, Bayn al-Haqi wal-Khalqi, page 116, he expands it on it more there, Shaykh al-Islam Taymiyyah. Also in his kitab al-Istighatha, first volume, page 237. He also mentions it in his kitab, Al-Furqan Bayn al-Awliya al-Rahman wa awliya al-Shaytan, page 549. Shaykh ibn Uthaymin in his Majmu'u Fatawa. Fifth volume, page 279. Ibn al uh, sorry, Muhammad al Amir al in al second volume, 86. Qurtubi in his tafsir, sixth volume, page 159. Summary now. The wasaid are how many types? Two types. What's the first one? Shari'ah, legislated. And who is this one? The messengers and the prophets. Good. And the second one is wasa'id, which is shirkiya. Hey, this is what? Worshipping besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Believing that there's somebody who's going to bring you good, repel harm from you, besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Point number four. The evidences. The evidences that indicate that the person who places between him and Allah, wasa'id shirkiya, the second type. That this is kufr. Allah said in the Quran, وَالَّذِينَ اتَّخَذُوا مِن دُونِّهِ أَوْلِيَاءَ مَا نَعْبُدُهُمْ إِلَّا لِيُقَرِّبُونَ إِلَى اللَّهِ زُلْفَى إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَحْكُمُ بَيْنَهُمْ فِيمَا هُمْ فِيهِ يَخْتَلِفُونَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَهْدِي مَنْ هُوَ كَاذِبٌ كَفَّارٌ Ayah 3, Surah Zumar. So Allah Taala tells us in this ayah that the disbelievers, kuffar of Quraysh, what were they doing? They were worshipping besides Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and they were saying, we're not worshipping them except to get us closer to Allah. The only reason why we're doing that is that these idols and these people that we're worshipping is to get us closer to Allah. Then Allah tells us in the ayah, in the, at the ending of the ayah, Inna Allah, la Allah does not guide the one who is what? Kadib, he's a liar. And he's kafar, he's a disbeliever. Also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in Surah Yunus, ayah, Surah Yunus, ayah 18. وَيَعْبُدُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ مَا لَا يَضُرُّهُمْ وَلَا يَنْفَعُهُمْ وَيَقُولُونَ هَؤُلَاءِ شُفَعَاؤُنَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ قُلْ أَتُنَبِّئُونَ اللَّهَ بِمَا لَا يَعْلَمُ فِي السَّبَاوَاتِ وَلَا فِي الْأَرْضِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى عَمَّا يُشْرِكُونَ Ayah 18 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us they worship besides Allah that which does not benefit them nor does it harm them 
And they, they say these are our shufa'a intermediaries. At the ending of the ayah, what did Allah refer to it as shirk? He said, Exalted and high is Allah, that which they associate with Him. Shirk, Allah referred to it as. Good. The statement of the Shaykh when he said, They asked them for intercession. What does shafa'a mean in the language? Ibn Faris in Mu'jam Maqayis al Lugha, page 531, in his book Mu'jam Maqayis al Lugha. This book I advise you to buy. This kitab is a dictionary. Mu'jam Maqayis al Lugha, it's a dictionary. It's good for a student of knowledge when he's learning the language to buy this book. What is it called? Mu'jam Maqayis al Lugha. What's the, what's the, why is this book good? What's the beauty about this book? The beauty about this book is that Ibn Faris, he will find a word. Many have explained and they translate, or so they explain this word to mean four or five different meanings. Maybe two meanings, three meanings sometimes, sometimes four, sometimes even more. What he does is that he tries to find one meaning. One meaning that it what? That the word revolves around. That all those five, when they're mentioning it, one thing they have in common. Or two that they have in common. If he can't do it in one, he tries to make it to the minimum that he can. Sometimes he makes it one, sometimes he makes it in two. Are we all together? So it's nice for you because you don't want to memorize all five, sah? You want to know, know the minimum, sah? So he tries to bring it to one meaning. So it's a very good kitab.